there was a book that was given to me um, at Christmas time, and I read it over the Christmas period. And the title of it has just been resonating within me. And, and it was a, a book by Bob Goff, and it's called Everybody Always. And the premise of this book basically is that we are to love everybody always. That's it, full stop. And I watched over since Friday uh, on social media and on the news, particularly social media is quite interesting because it actually tells you where people are at, where our nation is at with this. And at first there was a lot of shock. And there was a lot of disbelief. And there was a lot of how can this happen in New Zealand? And, and the whole nation had this, this agitated feel about it. And then we saw through social media an outpouring of support which made me proud, which made me think, this is New Zealand, where we lay everything else aside and we pour out our support for, for these people who have gone through such a tragedy. And we pour out our support for our police and our, our medical staff who are down there because you know what? New Zealand doesn't face this sort of thing. This is not our norm. If they were in America, they face gunshots all the time and they face casualties like that. Our guys do not. So my heart, and I could see the support pouring out for them, and now I begin to see the accusations starting to fly on social media. And I keep thinking, everybody always. Everybody always. You see, I've not watched with these accusations fly and it's things like, they, they start touting out words like racism. This was not a racist attack for two reasons. First and foremost, Islam is a religion. It's not a race. The second thing is this was actually about fear. All attacks on whether you're attacking somebody for their gender, whether you're attacking somebody for their religious beliefs, whether you are attacking somebody for their race, is actually grounded in fear. And you know what? I'm afraid of some people. And we're all afraid of some people. We just don't like to say it like that. We just dress it up in fancier words because it makes us seem a bit better than we actually are. Sometimes I'm afraid because you don't look like me. Sometimes I'm afraid because you worship something that I actually don't understand. Sometimes we're afraid because you talk kind of funny and I don't really understand what you're, what you're saying. Sometimes we're afraid because you dress weird, you know, or you smell bad. I don't want to sit next to you on the bus or the train. Sometimes we're afraid because people behave oddly and I don't understand why you have to do it that way. And sometimes we're afraid because I don't agree with what you say. I don't agree with your political views. I'm afraid of you because you actually think completely differently to the way I do. And that is why we have these devastating attacks happening. And that's why New Zealand was attacked because somebody was afraid of something he didn't understand. Fear is what is actually at the back of all of this. It's probably one of the enemy's greatest tools that he uses, and we fall for it every time, because we get afraid of things we don't know anything about. 1 John 4.18 says, Perfect love casts out fear. The only way to defeat fear is by love. Got to love everybody, always. How do we do that? How do we love everybody always? We don't do it by telling people what we believe. 
That doesn't work. I can stand up on the stage and I can tell everybody what I believe over and over and over. But you know what? That's actually not going to cast out fear. That's not perfect love. That's not showing somebody that I love them always. And it's not by telling people all the things that we're good at. I can't get up to someone and tell them all the things that I'm great at and why you should like me and why we should be doing things together. You know why? Because that is not loving somebody always. John 13 verse 35 says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus said that we would be able to identify ourselves. He was sitting with his friends. He was sitting with the disciples who are his friends. And he's sitting with us and he sits with us daily. And he says to us, you can identify yourselves by how you love each other. By how you love people. Now I get that it's really easy to love the nice people. To love the lovely people. The humble people. The kind people. They are really, really easy to love. But what about the people who scare you? What about the people who are a little bit creepy or odd? We're actually still called to love them because you know what? They are tied for first place in God's heart with you. God loves them as much as he loves you. He doesn't love us more because we're in the church and those people who aren't in the church, he loves a little less. No, he loves us all equally the same. Tied for first place. One of the things that my students have taught me, and for those of you who don't know, I work with um, kids aged between 13 and 16 who are legally too young to be at school but can no longer stay there. So these are kids who get kicked out for various reasons. Sometimes it's just truancy. Sometimes they were the bullied victim, so they, they leave because they can't cope with high school. Sometimes they're the violent kids. They're the drug addicts and all that sort of stuff. I've been doing this job for 20 years. Do you know what these kids have taught me? Never judge a book by its cover. I will sit with some of these kids, and I've got this kid at the moment, and I love him to pieces. He is amazing. He has got the greatest sense of humor. He's an absolute darling, um, but I wouldn't leave my wallet lying around. Doesn't mean I don't love him any less. I just happen to know that about him and make adjustments. We have to love everybody always. Jesus told his friends... Throughout the whole of the four Gospels, if you read the four Gospels, you'll see it continuously, that it can be summed up in this way. He wants us to love everybody always, and he wants you to start with the people who creep you out. He wants you to start with the unlovely, and he wants you to start with the ugly, and he wants you to start with the difficult, and he wants you to start with the painful. But let me clarify this, because I don't want you then just, just running off. There are people in my life, and there are people in your life who are unsafe for you to be with. There are people who are toxic to you. There are people who just go around sowing discord, and they just, they just do it wherever they can. We were given discernment for a reason. God gave you discernment, and you are to use it. If you have someone in your life who is like that, you distance yourself. Doesn't mean you stop loving them, but you distance yourself. You do not, God, God did not put you on this planet to be anybody's doormat. But He has given us love, and He has given us understanding, and He has given us kindness. And we should use that in our lives. We should use that often because there is a power in being able to forgive people. Doesn't mean you forget what happened, it means you forgive and you make adjustments to your life. See, there's a difference between having good judgment and being and living in judgment. 
The trick is to have lots of the first and go light on the second. We have lots of good judgment. We go light on giving people judgment about where they're at. And what I'm learning for myself is that to love someone means I have to tackle a good amount of fear when it comes to people because some people are scary. But I've also discovered that sometimes I'm scary to some people. I don't know why. I'm wonderful. No. <laughs> I get it all the time. In fact, I've heard it. People say, you're uncaring. You actually just don't know me well enough to know if I'm caring or not. You just made an assumption. And we do that all the time. And often when I encounter someone that I'm afraid of, I put up barriers. Not literal barriers, but I will put up barriers. Sometimes I will use distance. Sometimes I will use big words. Sometimes I will try to intimidate them with my speech and with things that I can say. All because I was feeling unsafe and, I, and suddenly I feel safe now, so I'm okay. Thing is, and you know what? We all do that. We all do that. If you're going to be honest, we all do that. And that's okay. Problem is, though, it's not what Jesus wanted us to do. What Jesus expected from us is that we have to become love. And you know what? He showed us the best way to do that. He spent his very last meal on this earth with the man that he knew was going to betray him and send him to the cross. But he still sat with him. He still ate with him. That is what showing love and loving someone is about. We actually make loving people a lot more complicated than Jesus ever did. We have to ask ourselves, am I really that insecure that I, can't, that I can only surround myself with people who agree with me? Can I not surround myself with some people who don't agree with everything I believe or I say or I think? Are we really that insecure? Why is it that when we think somebody is flat out wrong, do we appoint ourselves the sheriff to be able to put them back in their box and put them back in their place and tell them where they got it wrong? Why is it that we like to burn down other people's opinions? You know what? It actually doesn't make us right. It actually just makes us arsonists. So, what? Do we not address people when they're wrong? No, we address people when they're wrong. We do. But you do it the same way you do it with your children. You don't, we do it in love, but we don't do it the way Christians do it in love, where you go up to someone and you say to them, I'm just telling you this in love, and then you proceed to rip them. You proceed to slash at them. Christians are so good at that because you think if you say, I'm telling you this in love, it makes it okay. No, it doesn't. Then we get to the point where we say things all over social media. And I'll be honest, I've read some posts from some Christians, and I'm like, I can't tell if you're a Christian or if you're part of the world. That is not what we do. That is not how you would discipline your child. I would not, I have never seen any one of you put all over Facebook what your kid's done, ranting about it. Why? Because you love them. But it's okay to do it to somebody else. When I tell off my children, I sit them down and we have a conversation about where they've gone wrong, about what their expected behavior should be or expected action should be from them or the way that their thinking is and why it's wrong and this is how it actually needs to be. Then I talk about the consequences if they continue down that path. And then, of course, like all good parents, you have a follow-through. If they, can't, if they do it, you've got to follow through on those consequences. But you know what? We don't do that to one another. And we sure as heck don't do it on social media. We just slam out at people all the time. We are becoming a part of the problem that is fueling the issue that we have. And none of that is showing love to anyone. We have to love everyone always.
If you have a problem with something that somebody's saying or doing, have a conversation. Do it properly. None of this gossip stuff, none of this slammering it all over Facebook. If you don't love them enough, I, you know, when your kid does something majorly wrong, you guys cover it. If it's really big, you cover it, and you don't tell anybody apart from a few sleek people. Yet we feel it's okay to just slam out at people all the time. See, God's end game has always been the same. The end of all of this and the whole thing, the reason why God is, is taking us through these journeys is always to win our heart, is always to lay a hold of our heart. He wants us to be his. He wants us to love people because that's what he does. You see, we are supposed to be going through this journey um, of becoming like Jesus. And Jesus is the embodiment of love. We are actually supposed to be becoming love. What are you doing to become love? How are you becoming love? That is actually what we're supposed to be doing. He wants us to love the people who are near to us. There are certain people that God has put in your life, and they are your, your spouse, and they are your children, and they are your parents, and they are your siblings. Those are the people that God has specifically given over to your care. And then there's the other people that he's given over to you too. That's your neighbor, your cousin, your workmates, your schoolmates. The guy down the street, the guy who lives in Australia, the guy who lives in Hong Kong. doesn't matter where it is because as far as God's concerned, we are all one people. We are all his. We need to live without fear of one another. We need to live without fear of not understanding something. We need to live without fear that somebody doesn't quite believe or think the same way that I do. And you know what? It's probably a good thing because then we, if not, we would always think we were only right. And if everybody thought the way I did, and if everybody dressed the way I did, and everybody spoke the way I did, what a boring world this would be. Celebrate our diversity. God wants us to grow in love, grow and cultivate it in our lives, grow and cultivate it in our family, grow and cultivate it in our community, grow and cultivate it everywhere we go. We need to sow it in this world because this world needs love thing is, is that those of us who are becoming love, we don't throw people off the top of roofs. We lower people through them into Jesus. How much of what you've done recently has brought people to the feet of Jesus? Jesus told his friends that if they wanted to be like him, they needed to love their neighbors and they needed to love difficult people because we need to love everybody always. Will it be easy? No, because people are difficult. But we can extend them grace. Will we get it right all the time? No, because people are difficult. But we can extend grace. Will it be hard? Yeah, it will, because people are difficult. But we can extend them grace. Thing is, grace never seems fear until you need it. Because you know what? There are some people in this world who are going to find you difficult, who are going to find you hard, who are going to struggle to love you. But it doesn't matter because if we all extend grace to one another, it will be okay. Because we have one thing in common. Every single one of us has the same thing in common no matter where you live in this world. We are all somebody's neighbor. And they are all our neighbor.
So what I, I just wanted to really impress that upon you. We are to love everybody always. What happened in Christchurch and in our nation is awful. It's absolutely awful. And the scars of that are going to overflow into our world for a long time. In 10 years' time, our young children will be learning about this as a historical event. We're now going to have to have a beefed-up security system. People are feeling a little unsafe now. Not quite so easy. The only way that we can overcome is to love everybody always. And I know it seems simple and it's kind of like, isn't there more to it? Actually, no, there's not. We just got to love everybody always. And it's time that we as a church, you need to go away and consider this for yourself. But it's time that we as a church just stopped attending church. And it's time that we became the church. That you became Jesus with skin on. That you became his hands and his feet. I don't know what my calling in God is. It's to become love, sweetheart. Oh, you know, I've been searching and God hasn't spoken to me. It's to become love. It's the simplest of things to do. It's the easiest of everything he ever asked us to do. Just become love.